A quick note before you dive into today's episode. While I will always be an advocate for multi-passionates embracing their talents as a gift, not a burden, I have decided that I'm no longer going to run a business with that as the goal. Please note that as you listen to any episodes, any of the offers that I have expressed, especially my coaching program, which I've talked about in many episodes, those are no longer relevant as my business is closing. If you'd like to stay connected, come and find me on LinkedIn. The link will be added across the show notes in all episodes. Be well. Welcome to the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast, the podcast where creatives come to embrace their talents as a gift, not a burden. I'm your host, Deanna Joy, lover of crystals and houseplants and mom to a very cute rescue pup named Chai. Together, we'll explore how to finally make friends with focus, ditching overwhelm and idea fatigue once and for all, and how to be unapologetic about who you are as a multi-passionate. But I'm not just going to pump you up with a bunch of empowerment content. I'm going to give you tools and practices that you can implement starting today. It's time to unlock your multi-passionate mastery. Let's begin. Hello, hello. Welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Let me ask you a question. Are you a coach? Do you have clients that you coach? Maybe you're a life coach, or maybe you have a course that you've created and you have students in your course and you do coaching calls or Q&A calls. Is that the industry that you're in? If so, I want for you to listen with your whole heart to this episode because as a coach, there is going to be a time in your career where you are going to have a multi-passionate client. Even if you don't consider yourself a coach specifically for multi-passionates like I am, that doesn't mean that you're never going to encounter someone who identifies as multi-passionate. In fact, it's very likely that you already have someone in your world who is multi-passionate. This episode is going to support you in knowing the type of language that you can use to get through to that person, to get through to that multi-passionate client that you have and help them understand how they can focus and gain momentum on their projects without burning out but in a way where you're not coming at them like something's wrong with them or that you're judging them. This interview that you're going to listen to originally aired on the Marketing Yoga with Confidence podcast with my now great friend, Amanda McKinney. And what I loved about the way that Amanda really guided this conversation is that she humbled herself and let me know straight up Oof, I wish I had this language sooner because I would have been a better coach to my multi-passionate clients. So that is our goal with this episode today. If you are a coach, if you are a course creator, even if you are a service provider, but you want to understand what it means to really serve someone from the perspective of a multi-passionate, you will benefit from this episode. Now, if you're not a coach, don't tune out just yet because inherent in this episode is advice for you, my beautiful multi-passionate friend. If you've ever had a coach, if you've ever hired 
someone to give you this kind of advice. Whichever perspective you're listening from, there's so much to be gleaned from this episode. We cover learning how to speak in a language that your multi-passionate clients will understand. If you're a multi-passionate person, this is going to be really supportive for you so that you can see if a coach is not able to relate to you in this way. You can have a very honest conversation with them, or you can look for a coach who has a better understanding of you. We also talk about the power of using analogies when you are talking to creative people. And finally, we do a deep dive into seasons of focus and why that language itself is so supportive to multi-passionates. So let's dive right in to this replay of an interview that I had with Amanda McKinney. I think it's important, and I said it in the intro, but I think it's important to just tell you how impactful you have been through other people for me. So we shared this a little bit before we hit the record button, but I love structure. And as a marketing coach, I talk a lot about pick one thing, niche down. This is so important. And I am met typically typically not putting everyone in a box here, but typically with the yoga teachers and wellness professionals that I've worked with, they are more multi-passionate and less structured like myself. And so I have heard the phrase, I've heard the phrase joy of Amanda, don't put me in a box way more than one time. And so on one note, I want to say, dear friend, dear friend, if you have ever felt that way, please know that I don't want to put you in a box. I am looking at it through a marketing lens. And so my marketing lens says it's so much easier to market something when it has a focus, when it has a structure, when it has this thing, because it's easier to tell people about it. And so where I'm coming from is like, I feel in my whole heart and my whole being that it's easier to grow a business if you focus on something and you can always add later but I know that that doesn't come out. So I guess what my first question for you would be, um, and this is really selfish of me to ask this question, but I think it's going to help me be a good coach. So I would love to hear the difference between what a multi-passionate is versus shiny object syndrome. Because I yes. know that they're two different things, but sometimes my brain thinks of them similar. And I, I think mm. this would be helpful for me. Mm. So I just want to touch on a couple of things that you said. First of all, I think it's really powerful to have so much transparency um, at the very front of this conversation. And I want to acknowledge that it is easier (laughs) to build a business, to market a business. When you have a specialty and you do talk about one thing, it is easier. When I see the friends and colleagues of mine who have blown up, it's like the plant account. Like, duh, everyone knows <laughs> when you go to that account, you're going to get plants. plants. And if a sponsor wants to work with you, they're like, okay, go ahead, put your plant spin on it. Like, it's really easy. It's easy for people mm-hmm. to understand what you do. It's easier. Mm-hmm. That is, though, why multi-passionates feel a lot of shame and a lot of pressure to conform mm-hmm. to something that they did not come into this lifetime to be. Mm-hmm. because they feel like, and we feel like, cause I'm in this, I'm, I'm in it too. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm speaking for myself and for the multi-passionate community at large. We feel a sense of like, 
why is my path so messy? And Mm -hmm. why can't I just choose one thing and take the easy route? But it's not a choice Mm -hmm. to choose to just do one thing in that sort of like blanket statement way, because it is easier is heartbreaking for the Mm multi-passionate. And ultimately, even though it should be easier, it's, it's really, really tedious and hard for the multi-passionate spirits to do that because it's so unnatural for us, but you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. It is oh, easier. I just want to thank so, you for that because yeah, like the moment that you just said that people feel shame, I immediately was like, I just want to apologize if I've ever made anyone feel that way, because that's the last thing on the earth I want to do. Right. I, try to answer marketing questions and help when I get asked these questions. And a lot of people ask me, how can I do this quicker? How can I do this easier? So on for me, listening to the question, I'm trying to answer the question, but the answer really is if you're feeling like there's a, there's a whole bunch of different options and you're feeling that you're multi-passionate, that the, the question that you want to ask isn't how do I do it faster? It's like, how do I do this? It feels right for me. Yeah. And you know, something that you can take back with you to your students and to your clients, and this is what I use with my own clients is I'll say, okay, no, I totally get it. You're super multi-passionate. That is fine. We can work with that. I prefer that. Bring all your ideas to me, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to start creating some seasons of focus because the reality is, and we were just talking about this before we hit record, right? (laughs) All your passions have a seat at the table, but they don't all need to speak at once Mm -hmm. because let's say that, let's say, and I'll answer your other question as well. I'm keeping that as well. (laughs) You're good. This is great. But let's say, you know, we're like, okay, Joy and Amanda go to a dinner party, right? So we are audience members. Let's say that we are the audience. We are someone's target market, like both of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And we walk into a dinner party. Now that dinner party is someone else's business. Okay. So that dinner party is someone else's business. The conversations happening at that table, that's their marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we walk into the party and every single person at the table is talking. What are we going to do? We're going to look at each other and be like, should we go somewhere else? This is chaotic. I don't know what's going on. Everyone's talking and it seems like there's all these different conversations. I can't even really figure out where to get in. Mm -hmm. Right. But picture this picture. There's a dinner party. Okay. Maybe there's like nine people or whatever. And you have three people having a conversation about one topic. You have a couple people who are just chilling, eating, not saying anything. And Mm -hmm. you've got a few people at the other end who are having another conversation even though there's more than one conversation happening, that's enough of an opening for us to go, okay, do we want to be in this conversation or this one? Or do we want to sit with the quiet people and just eat for a little bit, you know? And it it gives us a chance as the audience to orient Mm -hmm. what we're stepping into. So I love to teach in analogies for multi-passionates because it really helps the creative brain tends to be very visual. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, but I just saw that whole scene. I, I did. saw us walking in. <laughs> I saw like, I saw the whole thing and that really helps me orient. Now here's the thing. When there is more than one project or more than one piece of, uh, you know, content being built, 
we don't have to have every single project be in the same stage. Just like Mm -hmm. if there's a big dinner party and there's more than one conversation happening, but they're each about something a little bit different and more nuanced, we get to select where we want to enter into that. If we walk into a dinner party and every single person's having a different conversation about a different topic, there's really, it's really difficult to orient. It just feels overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So these different conversations that people are having, those can be looked at as seasons of focus and a multi-passionate creative will, will respond well to that language because there's a few reasons. Number one, seasons change. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's less permanence and there's an out. It's like, okay, I'm going to focus on this for now, for Mm -hmm. this season. Okay. So if someone's like, I really want to have a passive revenue business. I really want to launch a digital product. And also like, I'm so excited about my brick and mortar. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, interesting. Hold on. What season of focus are you in right now? Mm -hmm. Because once we get one season like to a state of completion at the end of every season of focus, what I do with my clients is I look at what can we automate? What can we simplify? What can we systematize? Because boom, as soon as you do that, now you've got your energy back. Now, please go open the brick and mortar. But guess what? That requires its own season of focus. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I say to a multi-passionate, bring me all your ideas. We're going to do them all at once and good luck. It's going to be great. You won't be overwhelmed at all. Like that's like... <laughs> You know, like, absolutely not. I would never give that advice. And I always say this on every podcast interview because people find my work and they like, oh, look at this multi-passionate powerhouse. She's just like, does everything. And I always have to say, I'm not teaching you to do everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. That is a recipe for overwhelm. And I can yes. feel in your spirit and in your heart that you're just teaching the same thing. It's just a little shift in language. That's it. Yeah. So it it's saying seasons of focus. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I would love to gain some momentum on this idea. So what mm-hmm. I am suggesting is that we create a 90-day season of focus around it. While we're doing that, I highly recommend you have an idea book or you mm-hmm. have an Asana board for all your ideas. You have somewhere to put your ideas where they feel safe and loved and nurtured. You can go look at them once a week mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever makes you feel good, but are you willing to be in a season of focus so we can gain momentum and eventually get to a place of automation? Then you're going to get energy back and then we can talk about the next season. That language for a multi-passionate is like the nervous system is just like, okay, okay. Now that I can do. I love that. I can do that. It feels so good. Kind of like what you just said, like it, like it, I can breathe. I can, I feel like, ah, okay. And there's no shame in that. That, And and I would even say, like, I have to do this for myself, which I wouldn't consider myself multi-passionate because I kind of jump in the deep end with things. And I'm like, "Mm, I can do it. And I'm going to stay right here and tread this water until it works. Right. Like I I tend to do that now where I have, I have multiple content ideas. Like, um, I can, I could put, produce content. Like there's no, no going back, but I have to put myself in a season where I've never called it a season of focus, but I do look at my year in quarters And I say, what am I taking on this quarter? Because I will try and take on too much. 
not in different areas of like, I'm still teaching yoga teachers. I'm still focused on this one business. I'm not creating a new business, but I'll try and take on too many projects. So I mm-hmm. have to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just before our call, I was looking, I was thinking about like some, I'm having a meeting with my VA later, which is like, when I say my team, it's just me and my VA basically. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Great like, team. We have Great a team, team meeting later. So I was looking at everything and I want to just reset our priorities and go over that again. And it's kind of like having an intensive focus session, which we can talk about in just a bit, because I think you'll love that. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my plan for the rest of the year and I just started moving things over like, nope, this yes. isn't happening. This one gets to go into the maybes column. Like this is deleted because as we get in it, we find that there's maybe a little bit more to it than we thought. Occasionally oh, yeah. something goes off without a hitch and it's like actually easier and we can move things right. around it in a different way, but it's really helpful to, I mean, it's just like, a, it's a, a, to me, it's like a nervous system regulation hack mm-hmm. because if you've got every single project feeling like it's urgent all at the same time, that creates a lot of disturbance in oh, the body, yeah. in the mind, you know, and for a multi-passionate who's already running up against trying to figure out where they fit in society, mm-hmm. especially in the online business arena, that's a lot. So it's really important. And as I get further along in my work, I really truly see myself creating some kind of certification because there is language that is supportive Mm -hmm. for the multi-passionate experience where it's not that someone who is multi-passionate doesn't need to be told at some point, like, okay, listen, if you want my honest advice about marketing, Let's say you go to a dinner party and you walk in and everyone's Focus. having a different conversation. Like it's really difficult to know where you fit in. So it's not that that doesn't need to happen, but there are different ways. How amazing was that conversation with Amanda McKitty? If you want to hear the full interview on her podcast, we have linked that down in the show notes. She has a fabulous podcast for anyone who is interested in marketing and strategizing for your business, especially if you are a yoga instructor. So I'm going to link that full episode in the show notes for you to check out. I'd love it for you to go give Amanda some love because we need more coaches like her in the world, more coaches who are willing to say, ah, okay, I can see where maybe my language hasn't been as supportive. I'm willing to make this adjustment because I want to better serve my clients. Don't forget to send this episode to your coach friends. And if you are someone who has a coach who doesn't quite get what they mean when you say you're multi-passionate, send this to them as well. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.